0: Hello and welcome to episode 6 of our data centre podcast series, where we take a deep dive into the world of data centres, providing insight on the rapidly growing industry that we should all be aware of as data centres become increasingly central to the way in which the world works. I'm Charlie Goodwin, an associate in the Simmons Insurance and Construction Group, and joining me in this episode are my colleagues, Emily Monasteriotis, partner and head of dispute resolution in London, and Kian O'Hara, supervising associate in the Insurance and Construction Group. We shall also hear from David Watkins, director and the head of the solutions team at Virtus data centres, who is leading Virtus' efforts to race to zero emissions. Our collective efforts to mitigate against the worst possible consequences of climate change and the pursuit of efforts to limit temperature increase to one and a half degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels are at the front and centre of business and policy agendas worldwide, and particularly in the power-intensive data centre industry. In this episode, we explore the intersection of data centres and ESG considerations for the industry, focusing on the environmental impact, challenges and considerations for data centres, as well as some of the proposed solutions for dealing with these issues. Emily, one of the greatest risk areas for the data centre industry is climate change. There is a clear perception that data centres are high on the list in terms of carbon emissions due to the significant amount of energy they consume to run and cool the equipment. Now, as most listeners will be aware, ESG, environmental, social and governance, has become one of the most pressing considerations for the way in which companies do business around the world. Can you tell us how this has affected the data centre industry?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, as touched on in previous episodes, uh, data centres are becoming increasingly central to the way in which society interacts and stores information and are increasingly sought after as a global demand for data increases. Uh, Given the scale of resources and energy that is used to operate data centres and the corresponding environmental impact, it really has become a fundamental consideration for the data centre industry. Now, I, I, I think that data centres have a particularly important role to play, uh, not only because of their environmental impact will likely grow to match the rapidly increasing demand for data, but um, also because data centre users and investors around the world are becoming more ESG focused, such as considering the carbon emissions within their supply chain. So, The need for greater environmental sustainability will likely mould the future of data centres.
0: You spoke there about the energy consumption of data centres. Could you just give us a sense of the scale of their energy usage and the resource consumption?
1: Sure. Um, Data centres are enormous consumers of resources, particularly electricity, which is used to power and operate these centres. Data centres are estimated to account for 1% of electricity use worldwide, Or 200 terawatt hours each year. Now for context that is more than the annual energy consumption of some countries. Indeed one researcher in sustainable ICT at Hawaii Technologies Sweden has predicted that data center electricity consumption is likely to increase about 15 fold by 2030 to 8 percent of projected global demand. Also, data centres require more than just electricity. They are significant consumers of water as well, which is used to both generate the electricity, but also to cool the IT equipment to ensure that it doesn't overheat. Now, quite a lot of this is done through the evaporation of water in the form of mist, which is used to cool the air and the servers. That process is highly inefficient and uses lots of water, and data centre operators were estimated to consume 660 billion litres of water in the US in 2020 alone and that is a really vast figure and the majority of Google and Microsoft's water usage in 2018 was estimated to have been consumed by its global fleet of data centres. Also, a survey by the Uptime Institute revealed that less than one third of data centre operators track any water metrics with water conservation ranked as a low priority. Now, this really demonstrates that this is something which data centre providers need to consider urgently.
0: Kian, those are some fairly stark numbers. I presume, therefore, that data centres are a key contributor to the high emissions produced by the data and technology sectors in general.
2: Thanks, Charlie. Yes, uh, yeah, they are. Data centres are a big pre- player in the ICT sector's emissions. Data centres are thought to contribute to around 0.3% of overall carbon emissions, whilst the ICT ecosystem as a whole, which, encom- which encompasses personal devices and networks and so on, accounts for more than 2% of global emissions, which, believe it or not, puts it on a par with the global, global airline industry. Just to give you an example, of. Pu- Put it into context i think we all remember that music video despacito well when the youtube uh, views for that video reached five billion the the downloads consumed as much energy as chad guinea basso somalia sierra leone and the central african republic put together in a single year so much of this energy consumption can be linked to the energy required to store the data and to keep it flowing which would inevitably have involved many many data centers
0: Well, I'm not sure what's more shocking there, the energy consumption figures or the the number of views for Despacito. Um, It would seem that public scrutiny is very much focused on sectors such as the airline industry, whilst the emissions and consumptions relating to the online world, of which data centres obviously forms a big part, appears to be less well known. As such, we got the thoughts of an industry expert on the matter. Well, it's great to have David Watkins, Solutions Director at Virtus Data Centres, join us on this episode. Now David what are the major environmental challenges for data centers particularly in respect of emissions from energy consumption and becoming more sustainable
3: I think one of the first things to consider is the uh, the work we've probably got in front of us to to change the public perception uh, that that some people feel around uh, dirty data centers there's been some some fairly ill-informed pieces that have been in, in the public domain around um, the amount of energy consumption, for example, when people are doing things like streaming videos and that and that kind of thing. Whereas in, the reality is that that um, uh, a large multi-megawatt data center is in, inherently more efficient than than a cluster of smaller data centers di- distributed um, all over the country. So so there's there's some work to do there, but I think I think we're making um, uh, good progress on that. Combined with that, we've seen increased focus, um, both at, at government level and also from our customers um, around um, sustainability and energy consumption um, and things like that. It's a bit of a strange industry in a way in that, that when people tend to talk about energy efficiency, typically that the people in their heads tend to view that as energy reduction so so you will use less energy whereas ironically in a data center environment as our business grows and, and we provide more services to more customers our energy consumption by definition is actually going to is actually going to increase so what, it, what it's key it's about focusing on the efficiency side rather than how much of it you're actually using we can't control the 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 energy consumption from our customer load, but we can control how much extra power we need to use in order to run those uh, those facilities um, efficiently. There's also the requirements that we're being asked asked to achieve are changing. So a good example of that is around um, our standby generation. So typically for a large data centre, the the, the best available technology at the moment that you can do you can deploy cost effectively at scale um, are are diesel standby generators, which by their very definition aren't the, like, the 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 cleanest piece of technology in the world. But you have to factor in that you're only actually going to be using those in the event that um, the, uh, the the power is unavailable and and in our uh, in uh, country in the UK we're very fortunate that we've got a very stable and a very reliable um, uh, grid but um, historically the focus on on the sustainability reporting side um, to do with standby generation was around carbon emissions so diesel um, at that point was was a reasonably good technology to achieve that more recently um, the focus has is, is become more on uh, around NOx emissions, which, of course, for diesel generators is not their strongest point. So we're looking at things now like alternative fuels such as, um, such as HVO and the development of fuel cell technology when it gets to a point that it can support us um, at scale. The increased power that we need means we need a power grid that's growing with us Um, and with the move to renewables um, that's that's a very positive thing we we use uh fully renewable energy within our own business and and there's a lot of data center providers and large corporates that are funding um renewable development uh, whether that be solar farms or wind farms and and use of ppas and um and uh corporate agreements such as such as that other th- other ways that, that, that it can put pressure on the businesses um i think moving forward that we might see companies looking uh, at the trade off if that's the right phrase between resilience and sustainability so a good example of that would be um the autonomy time on the batteries that we have within a data center currently 10 minutes is kind of what people look for but if that was to move to 5 minutes you wouldn't need less batteries and therefore, less resources to do that. So that's something that might uh, that might come forward uh, in the future. Um, and depending where you are geographically, water consumption is increasingly an area that 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 people are looking at. So if you if you use a closed loop chiller system. We don't actually consume any water we're just using it as a transport medium for for moving the heat and uh, around the um around the facility um whereas if you're in an area where you're using adiabatic cooling so you're actually consuming water then that's something that that, that, that might become a point to look at and i think the final piece really is is, is around how can we in the future um execute what I would call joined up development. So, so in in the Nordics, for example, um, it's very common that that, that they have uh, district heating systems, and that provides uh, a a method and a route for data centers to to reuse the waste heat, um, it for something else. In and and everybody benefits in it, you know, in a, in and outside of the data center. So, it will be interesting as as um, we move forward and with with the the the, the um, desire to move away, for example, from using gas for domestic heating, and you know, maybe there's an opportunity there in, in in metro areas to do something along those lines.
0: Well, that brings us nicely on to my next question, which was going to be as the market becomes more heavily regulated in terms of environmental disclosure obligations and the increasing regulation, what do you predict this will mean for companies in the sector? Uh,
3: it will absolutely mean increased um, uh mandatory reporting at a, a government-led level um the data center industry is keen to support um government targets so so uk obviously has got one to be um uh carbon neutral by um uh 2050 um and, and we're targeting 2030 in it with a within our group um we've also signed up to the um uh carbon neutral data center pact which is a group of European uh uh data center providers again with a commitment to to better the government targets so so the European green deal is requiring Europe to get to net zero by 2050 and again the signatories to the to to that agreement have targeted um 2030 um what it will mean is that is increased scrutiny of your environmental credentials so I would say that in the not too distant past the table stakes for for operating in our industry almost were uh, in, at the early adoption of the cloud increasingly around security most of our customers were ultra focused on security and i'm not saying they're not ultra focused on security anymore but increasingly they're also focusing on the environmental credentials of of their service providers so do you use renewable energy are you running efficient data centers um, etc i think with the increased government reporting uh, it, two other things come along first is is the operational costs in doing that and also potentially the cost associated costs associated with compliance so for example we've re- signed up to this uh, cd um NCP packed and um, one of the things that, in, that that obliges us to do is to meet these targets by a certain date and demonstrate that we've done that. So that could involve technology refresh, that could involve using some different technologies as in, in our older data centers as we move towards, um, towards that date so that that could put some market pressures i think notably on smaller providers because as these costs increase um larger it's easier for larger companies obviously to um to have the capital and be able to adapt um to to the increased market and and legal pressures that are in the market whereas it might be difficult for 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 smaller companies um to, to actually to actually do that and and quite often we're seeing also now with our bigger customers they will be participating in um, some sort of sustainability initiative of their own and we get asked by their auditors to, to, to provide our own environmental co- uh, credentials because we're doing big pieces of work for for these organisations. So I think there's going to be definitely increased focus on it and with that increased focus it's beneficial to the environment, so it's absolutely the right thing to do, but it will come with more scrutiny and I think unfortunately more cost.
0: So there are clearly significant issues at hand for data centres and their environmental impact. Keen, is it all doom, doom and gloom here or is there some good news in terms of data centres becoming more sustainable?
2: It's not all doom and gloom, but um, I think it's important to emphasise that data centres are significant emitters and consumers of resources. And whilst this will continue to be the case, some progress is being made in this space. So research produced by Science magazine found that there's been an estimated 20% fall in the energy intensity of data centres over the past five years, which is said to be more than any other energy intensive industry. Indeed, this is particularly impressive given that data centre workloads have been thought to have actually increased by more than double in this time. So this progress can be attributed to technical, technological advances and improvements in the efficiency in this space. So you mentioned two
0: things there. First, the technological developments in the space and secondly, the improvements in efficiency. Emily, what are some of these developments and how are they looking to tackle the environmental impact of data centres?
1: Uh, Starting with the technological advances, there are some really interesting developments underway which could significantly aid data centres in their pathway to uh, greater sustainability and potentially even to net zero. As mentioned earlier, data centres use air cooling by evaporating water in the centres to keep the temperatures in check and that is really highly water intensive. However, many are now looking into the possibility of deploying liquid cooling, whereby some or all of the IT equipment, for example, the processes, are emerged in a pool of liquid, uh, but not water. Now, given that liquid is a far greater conductive temperature than air, this would reduce temperatures far more effectively and has been estimated to potentially reduce power consumption for data centres by a really good amount 20 to 30 uh, percent but it has to be noted though that this would require a different type of data center design than an air called facility. Now in a very similar attempt to avoid overheating some owners are looking to place their centers in cooler environments so for example google facebook and amazon have purchased land in sweden um, and the idea is that centers there would require less cooling uh, indeed microsoft have gone one step further uh, which with project Natic, which is looking at the option of underwater data centers whereby the seawater acts as a natural coolant Um, in these centres, whilst the servers are also protected from temperature fluctuations, corrosive oxygen, humidity and moisture. Now phase one of the project has been completed um, and that confirmed the feasibility of underwater data centres and um, phase two is underway in assessing where this can be done in a manufacturable production scale. Now, turning to consider your second point about efficiency more generally, many developers are looking into methods such as data centre compression and deduplication to reduce the volume of data traffic in the first place. Um, They're also looking for further efficiencies by ensuring that servers are not constantly at full throttle. So, for instance, uh, Facebook invented a system called Autoscale, um, and the whole premise of that system is that it reduces the number of servers that need to be on a low traffic hours, and that actually leads to power savings of about 10 to 15% in 2014. Now, some other developers, I'm aware, are also considering how to utilise the excess heat produced by data centres and their cooling equipment where one initiative in Stockholm aims to have waste heat from data centres heat 10% of the city by 2035. Fairly ambitious, but achievable. Naturally, there's a growing shift to using renewables to supplement or replace the standard supply of energy in data centres, which was a particular focus of the Climate Neutral Data Centre Pack.
0: Kian, we mentioned the Climate Neutral Data Centre Pack just then. Can you just tell us about the goals and the targets that this has set the industry?
2: Sure. So, the Climate Neutral Data Centre Pact represents the central agreement in this space, which is the goal of leveraging technology and digitalisation to make Europe climate neutral by 2050, and has been signed by a number of companies. It has a number of pledges relating to energy efficiency, water usage, and clean energy consumption. For example, it aims to supply 75% of the electricity demand for data centres from renewable sources by the end of 2025 and 100% of the electricity by the end of 2030. So, the data centre pact was made following the EU's Green Deal, which was agreed at the end of 2019. And this committed the industry to reach carbon neutrality by 2030. Recently, 25 operators and 17 industry bodies across Europe announced an agreement to take specific measures to make data centers climate neutral by 2030. Although there are two notable absences from the signatories. As mentioned earlier, over the next few years, there will likely be other pledges relating to disclosure and reporting obligations in the industry. By way of example, QTS Reality Trust is one of the few data center companies publicly reporting on sustainability goals and metrics. They recently published a report on committing to 100% renewable energy across all of its data centres by 2025, where it currently has seven data centres running on 100% renewable energy. As ESG increasingly becomes more prevalent, I imagine that many other providers will follow in QTS's footsteps, footsteps of not only seeking to transition to renewable energy, but in openly making such pledges as well.
0: So Emily, just to conclude, whilst there are obviously significant issues for the data center industry to overcome, it appears the industry is making the right noises to address its environmental impact.
1: I mean, absolutely. There are significant issues with data centres which shouldn't be deflected from. They are significant emitters and consumers of resources where demand in data centres is only increasing. So there's clear direction of travel here. And and whilst there are some interesting and ambitious proposals and pledges for dealing with these issues, clearly more work um, needs to be done here.
0: Brilliant. Thanks both. Well, that is it for this episode of our Data Centre podcast series, an incredibly important discussion on the ESG considerations for the data centre industry. My thanks to Emily, Kian and David for joining me, and my thanks to you for listening. In our next episode, we explore data centres through the prism of disputes and consider some of the possible areas in which disputes can arise, from data centre construction through to issues in operation. Until then, goodbye.